Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch, where every great conversation happens. We're excited to be back and start back with the podcast. And tonight we have EO Worth on the show with us tonight. How are you doing, EO? I'm doing great, thank you. So I just want to let everybody know there is this uh, thing that I set up automatic and I don't know how to get rid of it. So you're going to see in the comments something about joining the fun of a pre-launch of Mammal Mel's Kitchen. I want to say uh, sorry about that. I'm going to learn how to take that off. You know, electronics, is I'm okay with them, but I'm not perfect at them. Somehow I set that up and every time I go live now, that comes <laughs> up. So I'm going to get that taken off. I will figure that out. That is not part of the show, you guys. So, EO, it is so excited. It's so exciting for you to be on the show. EO is the author of The Gaia School of Awakening. And if you were to, which issue was it? Do you remember one of the issues of the Author's Porch Magazine? We had the pleasure of reviewing her book for that issue. And Mary Dean, author Mary Dean, actually read that book and gave it a rave review because the cover was absolutely beautiful and you have a new cover for the book correct new cover and it was uh number 73 i believe okay. yeah it was absolutely beautiful and i read a small bit of it i wasn't able to finish all of it but i read a small bit of it and i remember looking at the cover when you submitted it for a review and i was like oh that's a good one Somebody's really <laughs> gonna like reading this one. Yay. So can you give us a can you give us a little snippet of what the background of the book is? The background of the book. Oh sure. Um mostly my life story put into a book for, for young adults. Um, okay. I just really wanted to share a different way of, of you know how to overcome things and continue forward. Like I wouldn't be able to have this conversation if it were not for these books. <laughs> wow. 10 years to write it. It's a series, um, but for readers, they're going to see it as, as a series. For me, it's one really fat book. <laughs> but for, for them, it's coming in threes. Um, and so just, it's really my life story from youth and throughout my adulthood, really. And it uh, helped me get to find a space of self-love. I learned, opened up to self-love by writing this book. And I love that because I think teenagers, young adults, and even adults, that, that is such a journey for so many people. And I know I went through my own journey as well. And my daughter went through her journey. Even my son went through his journey. And there's just not a place where people can find that sometimes. So being able to write about it and, and share it with the world because... Through writing, I think a lot of people reading that, it helps them find theirs. I know I found mine through reading 
um, Anne Frank's Diary of a Young Girl. Yeah. Yeah, that one was really instrumental. That and Beatrice. So Ramona and Beatrice, right? Beverly Cleary. There was a lot of things I learned from those books. Books helped me learn so much about my journey in life. And when I was reading your bio, I was like, man, I could not believe some of the things that you have done. I was like, are you serious? This is amazing. So you, you hiked with wolves. Yeah. Yes, that was the best. <laughs> there I so I'm a big fantasy lover. So when I say I love wolves, I'm talking about the fantasy version because if I saw one in real life, I would probably pee my pants. So, <laughs> but you've seen them in real life. Can you tell us what that felt like? Like, what was that journey? Uh, well, um, it's a <laughs> it's a, a beautiful journey. We went to Acton, California, Acton, mm -hmm. California, and they have an, a wolf sanctuary and they take you out on wolf hikes. And the reason they have a sanctuary is because people decided to mate dogs with wolves, not realizing that once you do that, it's 90% wolf and 10%, 5, 10% dogs. So they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> they're not going to go on their chain. They're not going to go for a walk with you. They're, they're just, they're not. So this annual wolf sanctuary has been created. And um, I got to go three times and we went on a hike with them and the wolves would run in front of you or run behind you. And if they liked you, they would sniff you. So when that would happen, everybody would stop and let, let the wolf come to you. You didn't, you know, try to do, you know, like we normally do with, oh, you're so cute, come here. Nothing, none of that. <laughs> it was just be patient and let the wolf sniff you. And then if they liked you, they'd lick you, which they didn't, it wasn't like on command and not everyone got licked, but I sure did. <laughs> really? A lot of wolf love and uh, shout out to Wolf Connection in California for doing that. They're doing a remarkable job. And I got my inspiration to put wolves in this book because I got, I didn't like having werewolves. I wanted wolves. Like, yeah. They're beautiful, they're, they're uh, majestic and just such a loving being. And I, so I put them in the book mm. the, the, and it's, they have a regular appearance and they're just, and majestic is the best way. So I got to go on a hike with them. And then we went, uh, we did a Halloween night. We had, uh, and they had a um, buffet dinner and we did story time around the fire. And then like clockwork, the, the wolves started to howl. First it was the alpha and then the other ones. And it was just, everybody got quiet and all you could hear was the wolves. It was so awesome. They. I think that they probably felt a kindred spirit amongst them, like somebody who loved just peace and the earth as much as them, like a natural spirit versus a full human spirit, I guess you would say. I mean, for me, humans are one thing and natural spirits are another, right? Like a, a human who is more naturalistic versus a full human. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, you know, even if not, just lie to me. I'll be okay with it. <laughs> so you've, you've I'm picking up what you're throwing down. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> you've also been to a lot of places. You've traveled the world, and um, and I've traveled a little bit as well. And I haven't traveled to Australia, which that would be like a bucket list thing for me. I've been to Mexico. I see you've been to Italy and Ireland as well. What part of Ireland did you get to go to? 
all of it. <laughs> Northern, Northern. Yeah, it was pretty rambunctious and we wanted to travel the whole thing. So we went to down to Cork and all the way up to the top, um, Belfast, all the way up to Belfast. Wow. Uh, and it was very, at that time, it was in the early, early 2000s. So there was still the divide. <laughs> we oh, wow. Constant, and you could really feel it. North was a lot more Protestant side and a lot more modern because so much had been damaged in the war. So they had to rebuild. And then down south was um, a little more Catholic side, it seemed. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may be different now, but back then that's how it was. And it was just everyone was friendly and generous. And the southern side was old, old school, very old, old buildings. Um, one of the tour buses that we were on had to stop because there was a sheep crossing. <laughs> yeah, wow. Now I was in Cork and I loved it because I have a friend who lives in Cork who's from Ireland and we went to visit her. Um, there was a group of us that were all friends and we went to visit. I absolutely love Ireland. Um, I just, I just love Europe in general. I, I could definitely... I love that Europe in general is very conservationist versus um, consuming like America is. So I, yeah, it's very, I love it. Now, sorry, I'm trying not to cough. Okay. One of the main characters is Irish because of um because of that trip, actually. <laughs> really? Now, I was going to ask you if your travels inspired Yes, yeah, yeah. all, all of my travels have inspired the characters and the locations. And wherever I would travel, I would see that I'd want change. I would see things that I thought needed room for improvement as far as looking at it from the eyes of the earth. I would I always look at things from the eyes of the earth as far as, you know, pollution or composting or whatever it was. And so I, I would always gauge things that way. And so I put a, a girl in here from Ireland. <laughs> um, I am a little bit, I have a little bit of Irish in me. And when I did the narration, I used my Irish accent for her. <laughs> wow. So anyway, this is the new version, newest cover. Love that. Here. It's gorgeous. Like I would love to live in a floating city. <laughs> and the cover actually has some of the, um, our travels in it too. So this moon, here is um, the Hawaiian moon. Okay. My husband took a picture of the Hawaiian moon. And this is one of the falls in Italy. Get out. So he, he helped me to put the cover together. <laughs> really? Now, is he into graphics and stuff? Or is it just... He just no, he's very kind and generous and wants to help oh. his wife. <laughs> I love that. So he's he likes to do graphic things, but... Um, he's a photographer, and so I encourage him to do that. And now he's using his photographs in the in new ways. <laughs> that's cool. I I think that's beautiful when you can use natural elements from the world around you. And your passion is the earth and how we treat the earth. And you're using the the graphics from the earth itself versus something made up or something drawn it, it's actual so it's it's like this full circle right mm -hmm. now have you always been passionate is it something that you've in your entire life you've lived passionate about um the earth and the things in our environment yes always yeah <laughs> even when i was a child my mom wouldn't quite understand why i would get upset if she didn't um 
you know, turn the water off when she was brushing her teeth or turn the water, you know, she'd keep the water running while she's washing dishes and she never, she didn't understand why I'd get upset or why I cared so much about recycling. But yeah, always, even from very little. So it's just part of your spirit and it's just kind of grown from there and, and went into this, this writing thing that you can share with the rest of the world. Yes. Yeah. How was the writing process for you? You say that it took you 10 years to write the book. Can you, can you help us understand why a full 10 years to write? I didn't know anything about writing at all. I took writing courses in high school and I did have my very first writing book when I was in fourth grade. Um, I think the, the porcupine smile or something like that. <laughs> um, but it took this one took 10 years because it was um, I like to say it's, it was channeled. Like for instance, I would write a page and then I'd look at it and be like, wow, that was cool. I have no idea where it came from, you know? And then the more that I would try to piece it together, the more I realized it was my story coming out you know, in, through their story. Cause there's three main characters and the three main characters are each an aspect of me. Um, and also an aspect of how and where I grew up. Uh, I, I grew up in the inner city of New York, not New York city, um, New York State, so I was upstate, but I was still in, in the urban area when I lived with my mom, and then I would go to the country when I would live with my dad. So you know, divorce. I didn't put, I didn't write divorce in the book, but there's that separation and divide. Yeah. And so the characters really beautifully exemplify that. And so the more that I would write each character, because for some reason I decided it would be easy to write three different characters, three main characters. I thought that was going to be easy. It was not. <laughs> no, no, so no. As unfolded. I realized um, I was like, "Oh, I'm telling my story about this. I'm telling my story with her. I'm telling my story with her." Oh my gosh, this is really hard. And then when it came time to do the publishing piece and the the marketing piece, rejection after rejection after rejection. They didn't publishers were like, mm, "This isn't going to work. You're not doing it right. You're going to have to cut all this out." And for me, it was like cutting off my arm because this was my story, you know, and yeah. it was told in a, a fictional way, a fun fictional way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny how we do that, right? <laughs> yes. yes. So that's why it took so long. Um, and also part of that journey to self-love is, you know, as you're reflecting on and seeing your own life unfolding before you, you, you realize that, oh, I don't, I didn't feel good about myself in, the, in this scenario or that scenario. And now... Mm -hmm. Now I do, which is how I'm able to write it and share it now. Yeah. You your question, right? <laughs> no, I definitely did. No, I, I, I love the reflection because a lot of people have said when they're going back, and it's funny because, you know, I work from home, so I get to have the TV on, obviously, while I work. And I watch Kelly and Ryan. And um, Kelly Ripple was talking about how during the pandemic, she wrote her autobiography, her memoir. And she said that it was horrible. She hated it. And the reason why was because she was she had so much self-loathing during the time because writing her story, she had to reflect on so many moments that she hadn't thought of before and during that time she reflected on how she felt about herself during those moments so when you brought that up that that just came to mind and I was like wow you know because I I had written my my story well not all of it just pieces of stuff that I wanted to share and I was like you're right 
I don't think that a lot of people reflect back on how they thought about themselves during certain periods of time. So it's really deep that you put that into perspective that you actually had to consciously think about those moments in time. And mm -hmm. wow. Now, let me ask you this though. Why was it a fiction? Why were they fictional characters versus just writing a memoir? What was the reasoning behind making them fictional characters versus just writing your story? That's such a beautiful question. Um, because I wanted to pass on empowerment mm -hmm. and I wanted to pass on the gift of that I have of loving and being passionate for the earth. Mm -hmm. And the only way I could do that was not to share my personal you know, dramas, but to, to share it through their eyes. Because like I said, I was, as I was writing others, other, other characters came in and then I went into world mythology and I was like, wow, there aren't any books about world mythology. So that's why it got harder because I was like, oh, three characters, three main characters isn't hard enough. Let's pull in some world mythology and put this in here. And <laughs> the research took a lot longer than I thought it was going to, but I loved doing it. So yeah. there's aspects of um, Japanese culture. There's aspects of um, Aztec culture. There's aspects of African culture. Because um, I, I got so, I don't want to say tired, but there's so much of Greek and Roman that we, we're all really familiar with. But yeah. what about, there's, there's a whole other world of these other cultures that are there. So I put them in the story. This first one, you don't really see that very much, but I did include a lot of, characters who were minotaurs and senators and uh, mermaids, kind of typical stuff, but also atypical. There's wizards and, you know, of course, and that I had to find a pegacorn. So I'll show you my other cover. This was the second cover that I did because <laughs> oh. I love pegacorn so much. I wanted the pegacorn. Yes. And um, I, so, so that's another character that has a main part in the book. And uh, so I just wanted to make sure that I really was showing how wonderful the earth is and how easy it is to love her and appreciate her. Um, I, I was saying that three of the characters are um, a reflection of me. So TJ, he's the one I am most connected with and, and feel the most connected to because he was in the ghetto, had to provide for his family. Um, his mom was, she was healthy, but she wasn't well. And so he kind of helped to take care of her. And then Cora, she has a passion for the planet, you know, and she's she's Irish and she's a little extreme, more extreme than I am. So I made her be, you know, I'm not vegan or vegetarian, but I might as well be. I don't eat a lot of meat, right. um, but she's she's very passionate about the earth. And every time they're they're walking through the forest, she's like, oh, did you know that they're that these uh, species are endangered? And then TJ's like, whatever. Not again. <laughs> so they're very real. I made them very real. And then yeah. um, Andrea, she is, she's mixed. She's a mixed Latina. So she's Spanish, but also Argentinian. And I have not actually been to Argentina, but I had classmates who were from Argentina and they were Puerto Rican. And um, so I put it, I put her in, she's more of the fighter and she, she cares about the planet, but not as much as Cora. <laughs> so and I put in some, again, this was because this is where I came from. This is what I knew. I knew Puerto Rican people. I knew, you know, we we're all in the same juice. You know, black people, white people, Puerto Rican, didn't matter. We we're all kind of swimming around in the same stuff. And she's, so she's the fighter. 
she just gets right to the point. Like, what is this about? What are we doing? Where are we going? Let's get it done. You know? Yeah. Very feisty. has that very feisty energy. And I uh, just, so each of them in each of the books kind of highlights their own story. So the first one is really focused on TJ. The second one will be focused on Andrea and the third one will be focused on Cora. But I won't tell you why yet. <laughs> oh man, I was ready. I was just sitting here listening. I was like, I'm gonna get to know everything. <laughs> and I I'm sitting here and I'm picturing it. it. It's like you're you're sitting back and you're watching your life, but these three characters playing out, playing it out, and but with these mystical beings happening. So you're watching it, but in your point of view right in your point of view it it has it's not not in a in a real realm it's in a different realm well i mean you even have what is what is the other the secret realm there you go yeah, that's hey, that's the words yeah yeah <laughs> a little smart there but no i i like that because you you say okay well there's lessons in my life. There's things in my life that happen. It talks about diversity. It talks about cultures. It talks about the earth. There's things in my life that I, I think that young people, you know, would, would benefit from when it would be great for them to learn and self-love and learn about culture and all these different things, but through a way that would help them heal in a way that would help them kind of go to this beautiful place in their mind versus just have it right in their face. Hey, listen to this because I'm telling you. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, I, that's a beautiful way of sharing it, you know, because so many people just here, read this self-help book or read this this way, this way. But, you know, I, like I said, I read Beatrice and Ramona and I learned, you know, I, the one thing that was hilarious now, but when I was young, you know, Ramona would be, you know, she put her hands together and she would be like, I must, I must, I must increase my best. I mean, any young girl that ever read Ramona, Beverly Cleary's Ramona series, that was one of her things. She wanted to have big boobs and she did that. And it was one of her things that she did. And it was, I mean, you learn like the smallest little things um, about just, being a girl from Ramona, right? Mm -hmm. And Beverly Cleary taught us that and it, it was beautiful. And you're, you're teaching teenagers certain aspects about the earth and culture and life in general. What are some other things um, within the book about growing up and, and about themselves? Are you sharing? Um, identity, like, who are you? Um, how do you how do you want to look to other people in the world? Cora mm -hmm. struggles with, um, she's intelligent, she's very smart, sophisticated, but kind of snotty about it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, smarter than you, I know, I know what's going on, you know. Um, and it's annoying, and I make sure that it's annoying to TJ, and he tells her. <laughs> um, and she's heavier, not like, because I'm obviously not, but I, I know what it's like to feel that way, because my, my background's personal training, and I know that she, so her her identity is more I'm I don't feel good because I don't feel good in my body and yet she isn't fat and, and you know I mean people who are it's just a different body type and that's yeah. because of my personal training that's how I look at it that's how I see people I don't see people as skinny or tall or fat I mean those are just adjectives but people who are um, in in Cora's case 
she's just really self-conscious, you yeah. know, and, um, some of the things in our society that say that this isn't acceptable, like the, the nurse in the book, uh, she says, well, the nurse says that you're overweight and she took that to heart. She's like, but I, I'm not overweight, you know, and she has a crush on TJ and TJ, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I did a love story in there, but she doesn't feel like she's worthy or good enough for him because of her size, but she's not, she's just, she's just chubby. She's like, she's cute chubby, you know, yeah. like cute chubby. <laughs> she's huggable. Huggable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like, I, yeah. And I think so many people are going to relate to that because I mean, I look back at pictures of myself when I was 130, 140 pounds and I looked sick, but that was what the medical profession said. I was at that point, they said that I was almost too big and I'm like, but I looked like my eyes were sinking in, you know, yeah. and yeah. now I, I know I'm, I'm medically professional standards overweight now, but when I'm at the weight that I'm comfortable with, they still say that I'm overweight and I'm like, but no, I'm good. Trust me. I'm, I'm looking good. I'm looking in the mirror and I like it. Yeah. So that's, that's what matters. That's the thing. That <laughs> How do you feel in your body? Absolutely. And that's what Cora's experiences throughout the book. Yeah. And, and I think that there's right now, there's kind of like this revolution I'm seeing on TV, these commercials like old Navy has the best commercial ever. Like I want to go buy their jeans because of this commercial. There's these girls <laughs> in this size that is absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful size and they're dancing in these jeans. And I'm like, I need those jeans. Cause I've, my butt looks like that right now. And I know those jeans will make my butt look better. So <laughs> to, to yeah. get that topic in your book for the, the young adults and stuff, I think that's beautiful. So thank you for having that in there. I'm falling in love with this book, by the <laughs> way, I'm falling in love with the series. I think it's beautiful. And anytime you can put um, I called them unicorns. Like I didn't know there was pegacorns. Yeah. Like when you said pegacorns, I was like, "What is a pegacorn?" Yeah, just, it's a, just a unicorn with wings, and I I had to put it in there because there aren't any stories out there. And it's like I want more unicorn horn. There are pegacorn stories out there. So I didn't know that. that I mean, I had always I knew Pegasus, right? Everyone knows who Pegasus is, yeah. but I didn't know that a unicorn with wings was called a pegacorn. Like I just learned that tonight. I was. <laughs> 44 and three quarters <laughs> when I found out what a pegacorn was, just so you know, and everyone else knows. So what um, now, one of the biggest things that you're trying to do with this book, you had told me before the show is you're trying to uh, bring more awareness to the mother earth herself. And how are you doing that? Oh, well, so glad you asked that question. So I was going to ask that all the readers out there prefer ebook and audio. Uh, I did narrate the book. I narrated myself. That took a lot of effort and a lot of time, but I really liked it because I got into the characters. It may not sound perfect to some people, but it sounded right to me. So <laughs> we'll see. I did do the accents as best as I possibly could based on my own upbringing and own experience. But um yeah, I'm asking readers not to purchase so many paperback. I have a paperback because I also love the smell of books, <laughs> you know, and I'm also, yes. I guess this is the proof, so I get to have the proof, but um, I would really prefer, if you want, if you need to buy it, 
by all means, get the paperback. I love it. It's great. Um, but also ebook and audio it would be better to, um, to listen to it if you don't have time. The other reason I went for audio is that when I did go to a group of teenagers to read this book to them, there were some in the audience that were dyslexic. And it hadn't occurred to me then that, oh, they can't read this book. So I decided that because it's my life experience and my story that I was going to be the one to narrate it because I didn't think anyone else could narrate it or mm -hmm. make it the way the sound the way I wanted it to. Yeah, that's why I narrated it. And then I, I've got some friends who can't see. And so I, I wrote, I narrated it, I wrote, <laughs> I narrated it for them so that they'd be able to enjoy it too with ease. So that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Where can they go and purchase this book at? It is available on the uh, the big stores, Amazon and Kobo, um, and also buy direct because if you buy direct, uh, and I have a link um, through bookfunnel.com, buybookfunnel.com, and um, it goes directly to me to support this process because it's a very long process and you don't get the time back, you don't get paid for it, but you do with the royalties and buy direct is a better option. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you, I don't have um, paperback on my website. Uh, you can go to my website, eoworth.com. So it's www.eoworth, all one word? Yep. Yes. Okay. Putting it here in the chat of the YouTube, the group, and the Facebook page. And also when this gets taken over to the uh podcast platform they'll be able to hear it so they can go straight to your website and buy it because we want them to buy direct yes i, I would suggest all authors do that try to try to do buy direct because it yes. just it really helps you as an author as a creator um but it is available on amazon and other places and kobo and google play yeah google play and uh what's the other oh it just got uh spotify just got picked up by spotify Congratulations. I do. I heard today. I just found out today that Spotify was doing audiobooks. So I'm yeah. actually wanting to start narrating my book. So I'm, I'm going to start looking into that process. It's um, one that I've been a little afraid of. I will not lie. So congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment. I commend you for doing that. I'm going to go grab it, actually. And um Take a listen. I'm excited to listen to the story. I love audiobooks. I just downloaded one today, Jennifer Lewis's book. I saw her on uh, Good Morning America this morning. I told you, I, I have my shows to listen to. <laughs> so she was hilarious. And I was like, I need to listen to your book. I really do. So I'm an audiobook listener. Love them. I sit and listen to them as often as I can. So before we head out for tonight, EO, I have absolutely adored talking to you tonight. And I can just feel your spirit shining through the screen talking to you. It's just such a comfortable and caring vibe that you have. But is there anything that you want to share with our audience? Um, any last parting words, anything in particular you want to make sure that you g give to them before we end the show tonight? Uh, my words of wisdom from all my travel and from writing this series is that um, life is about relationships. And when you learn to love yourself, relationships really, they change they change for the better and you become better and everyone around you becomes better because you changed because you chose to. So yeah. it's all about self-love 
And uh, so I'll, I'll close with my little song. May the long time sunshine around you. All love surround you and the pure light within you. Guide your way on. That's it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for being here tonight, uh, writing a book that's going to touch so many people and being a good steward of our earth and everything around us. I appreciate you sharing your, your light with us tonight. Thank you. Guys, don't forget to come back. Um, hopefully we're going to be doing this every week again. We're back. We're back in the seat. We're back talking to authors and just enjoying the beautiful words that come across our screen and come across our ears, whichever mode that you choose to listen to the stories that authors share with you uh, from their beautiful minds. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Yo. We'll take you guys Bye. later. Bye. See you.